You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Systematic Geekology. We are your priests to the geeks, which means that we are those mediators between those things we geek out on and then the deeper questions that we wrestle with in life and faith and all of the above. And uh, we're excited for another episode of What's New. Uh, I am Will, your co-host from Chapel Thrill, who wrestles with uh, the UNC basketball team, uh, one minute being fantastic, another minute I have no idea how they're playing basketball, but hey, um, there are worse things uh, to be stressed out about, that's for sure. So, um, and I'm joined by one of my favorite people um, to, to host Systematic Ecology with, and uh, TJ, how, how are we doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. A uh, nice short shift at work today, just eight hours. Yeah. 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 Did you have off uh, for Martin Luther King Day? Uh, no, of course not. No, no. So you're probably busy. People are out of school, people coming through, yeah. people getting their lunches more more than than often. Uh, so, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I had a somewhat of a restful day on Martin Luther King Day, a couple of projects here at church and a couple of things to follow up with. But then, um, yeah, I'm just back at it in a short week. And um, yeah, but man, what a good reprieve and a break to gather here with our friends and listeners to talk about what's new. It's another, it's another episode of what's new. And there's not, there's some things that's new with me. There's a lot of things I'm like continuing to watch and binge that aren't new, but I'm kind of behind with, uh, but there's new comics. There's new TV shows that are dropping each week. There's new discoveries on streaming surfaces that I'm finding. There's no shortage of content. And as I shared in another, another episode, like it, what a good time to be a geek. And we should be really, yeah, there's a lot of things that we could probably complain about. Uh, but man, there's no shortage of geeky content and things to geek out on. And we should be grateful. It doesn't mean we can't be critical or like say, Hey, something's not for me or uh, those kind of things. But all in all, let, let's, let's have a posture of gratitude. Cause man, there's a lot of good geeky stuff out there uh, to consume. Yeah. Yeah. You can criticize all you want, but in, in today's day and age, you're more than welcome to have that criticism. But if you don't like something, just don't watch it. That's right. Move so on to the options. next thing. Move on to the, there's so many options. My 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 book list, my streaming to watch list, my podcast list, they're super long. I will never run out of things to watch or read um, mm-hmm. for the rest of my life, I don't think. So that's that that could be some pressure put on you, but I'm gonna let that go and just say, you know, I'm gonna like what I like and 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 pull a TJ and and have fun with it. Yeah, you gotta. <laughs> All right. So, uh, anything you've been geeking out on uh, before we get into what new? There is there something that you've been geeking out on? Things that uh, you know? Um, yeah, getting that geek meter high. Yeah, but it is new, so I feel like it'd be mm. cheating if I talked about it early. All right. All right. I'll um, we'll save that for for the what's new uh, list. I am. Um, I'll show you what I'm geeking out on. A friend of the show, Ryan Doze, who hosts Across the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast. Great name. I, I be I've been on that podcast a number of times. I'm one of the kind of regular hosts on on that show. And um, past past couple episodes, we've been able to um, interview like top level Marvel artists who've worked on Thor. Mike Del Mundo and another episode's coming out um, with uh, uh, Asad Ribic, who uh, is from Croatia. And man, they're just like at the peak 
of their craft when it comes to drawing comics and the whole like the God Butcher saga and Love and Thunder, all that stuff came from Assad's um, uh, art and the run he did with Jason Aaron. And to talk with them, they could have been nicer guys and easy to talk to about how they create and and what inspires them and and their kind of uh, daily life as a as a comic artist. And that was super fun. So I'm geeking out hard, re- really riding high on on those conversations. And I hope our listeners out there will go will go listen and. Listen to them. I will say, I said, um, Assad Ribic, uh, he he dropped a lot of f bombs. So it's not necessarily you know listen with the kids around, uh, but Mike Del Mundo uh, uh, was both super nice guys, but but Mike was a little bit cleaner, cleaner language. Yeah, yeah, that tends to happen when you, when you talk to your creatives, you know. That's right. That's it gets right. real colorful. It can get colorful, but man, it was so fun, so much fun. Cool. Well, let's hop in the episode. What? New. The first thing I want to discuss um, that I haven't discussed with TJ yet, uh, Bad Batch Season 2. By the time of recording this, we are three episodes in. TJ, I know you're a big Clone Wars fan, big animated uh, Star Wars fan. What are you thinking so far of the new season of the Bad Batch? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's it's super good. Yep. Yep. Um, the first three episodes, the first two episodes, uh, the spoils of war and um, ruins of war, uh, really kind of the big heist. They're, they're going to try to just do another kind of adventure and 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 get some loot uh, to kind of um, uh, fund their own uh, kind of habit of, of surviving in the universe uh, kind of thing. Uh, but we then still discover it has some some prequel and legacy character um, tie-ins there. Uh, what, what did you think of those first two episodes there, TJ? What, what, what stood out for you? They're good. They're strong. Uh, I'm a, I'm a bit of a specialized dork. So, uh, the first thing that really stood out to me was like, Oh, Omega's it's not a bow caster. It's just like a, a light bow. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. Exactly. I, mm-hmm. I want more alternate weapons in star Wars. Yeah. I was thinking, That's why I love the book. Yeah, when I first when I first saw that, I was like, "Oh, we're just making another strong female character with with a bow and arrow, um, a la Hunger Games or whatever." And but then I was like, you know, Chewbacca had a crossbow laser gun, yeah, you know. Um, and so her having that, and and then Josh reminded me that uh, I guess this particular weapon uh, was with the Night Sisters uh, in Clone Wars. It has some it's some history behind it, and to see her with it is is pretty cool. Yeah, cool. yeah, I, it's so I do like that weapon. Yeah, but uh, it really feels like the the group is coming off of a you know, pretty big tragedy. You know, Crosshair is no longer with us technically; mm-hmm. not dead. He's just evil now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's interesting to see them continue living in this world with no Crosshair, and you know, maybe a little too much Crosshair actually. <laughs> um, but I'm loving the dynamic. The drama, it's good. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, I mean that kind of team where you have the different um, personalities and different gifts, and and them trying to figure out how do they blend in with the universe, or are they going to stand up for something um, bigger and larger when it comes to like the rebellion? And, and so in this season, we're definitely seeing that not only do they are they entrusted with with a kid, Omega, and taking care of her and her upbringing and looking at the universe through her kind of innocent eyes, uh, but but now they're kind of bumping up against some some pretty big themes of um, are we going to do do better in the universe or are we going to um, just kind of take and steal and 
and and be pirates um, in that galaxy far, far away. Um, but then you, then you get into episode three and the the solitary clone. Uh, and talk about Crosshair. Yeah, Crosshair is no longer with him. This is the sharpshooter who decided that you know he's just going to obey orders. He's he's going to stick with the soldier what soldiers are supposed to do. He's not going to rebel, but he's sticking with this growing em- empire. And this particular episode was so freaking good. The animation was amazing, uh, but the storyline. If you like the prequels, you will love this. Um, episode. If you like the Clone Wars and Battle Droids, uh, they, they it's all there. It's all there for you. Big, big nostalgia sounds from the prequels and Clone Wars and Battle Droids. Uh, very, very good. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And Commander, spoiler warning, Commander yeah, Cody. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's my guy. That's your guy. That's your guy. And and he has a big. Big episode uh, with this, a, a big, a big part of his character development. What's happened next, and and where he could maybe show up next, um, is is right here in in this episode. And it really is like, I mean, um, the empires like go in, and you got to go. Uh, they got to they got to save another um, kind of governor, right? A governor's been taken hostage, and they're like, we're going to mm-hmm. send you in. And there's tons of battle droids, um, and and it's crosshair and a group of clones. And doing their thing uh, of trying to save this this governor, uh, but in the midst of that, that you you see behind like the the oppre- the growing oppression of the empire and um, and what they're doing. Uh, man, you're seeing Cody and others start to be like, uh, I don't really see this going in line with what we're really originally created to do. So they're starting to rebel themselves. And you see this progression. I think what this show is going to do, you see this progression from the prequels of battle droids, and then you have the clones, and then you have uh, humans, uh, stormtroopers. And so this progression and evolution from robot to clones to um like regular humans as stormtroopers and what happened within those gaps, that's what's being played out here. And I don't, and, and I've always been curious what happened to the clones between episode three and episode four. Um, and um, we're, we're getting to see some of that play out um, with, with what's going on. Could there be a clone rebellion, civil war up at rise up against uh, real life stormtroopers or how are they being phased out? Are they going to, is there another switch within them? They're just going to cut off. Is there, a, is there a clone genocide getting ready to come? Down? I don't know how, how star Wars is going to manage these things. Cause there's moments when this is kind of a lighthearted animated TV mm-hmm. show for kids and, and rightfully so. Uh, but then they have some darker elements too there. I mean, you have the, the, um, the bad batch using stun guns, but then, Man, you and this particular episode, a lot of lasers flying around, and and really just kind of taking taking somebody out, Point Blake, with a smoke and barrel, uh, killed him right there in front of in front of everybody. So, so they're yeah. both there, and the tension's on the line. Yeah, good soldiers follow orders. Yep. Yep. Yeah. What do you think? What's your prediction of where these clones are going to go by the end of the show? Yes, yeah, spoiler. Um, Cody is. Um, you know, he just left. He's out. He bounced. No longer mm-hmm. wants to be where they just left. So is there a growing, uh, of course, there's a growing rebellion, but is there is there going to be like this mass kind of exodus of the clones doing their own thing, fighting against the Empire? Or are they going to slowly just take them out one by one? I, I really, I don't know. I hope it escalates into like a big clone versus stormtrooper battle. Yeah. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also something else they have to ride around in the future. And of course, they're like pivotal clones from further on in the season series mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. 
you know, they can't be there. So I'm really just excited to see where it goes. Yeah, it's a long season. There's going to be a lot where we hope to, um, you know, kind of my routine. I don't know what your routine is, TJ. And when when you watch the Bad Batch, I, I wake up Wednesday morning uh, super early before everybody else does and has a cup of coffee and watch it at the beginning of the day. So I can kind of think about it all day and, and get on the Internet. But um, we hope to even do uh, a watch party. Uh, with some of our patrons and friends and listeners who want to hop on and, and kind of watch it together and, and talk about it as we do that. So I'm hoping we can do those things. But but when when do you find time to watch? Do you kind of wait a couple episodes and binge it all? Or is there like once it debuts, you hop on it? Usually as soon as I remember that there is a new Bad Batch episode, that's when I try to watch it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 there was a while there where there's so much um, – content coming out i had to like write down on my calendar um when things were coming out so i wouldn't forget uh but but bad batch i'm like yep wednesday morning new comic book day gonna go to the comic store but before i do that i'm gonna i'm gonna go uh watch bad batch uh before heading out so yeah. that's that's kind of what i do yeah tomorrow we might have the same schedule because i'm off tomorrow so i might actually have time to yeah do something in the morning so I might just watch yeah. the bad batch. The next episode faster will be out by the time this episode is on air. Uh, so I'm curious. The first three definitely had the the themes of what was going on within the show itself, and and this one's just called faster. And I'm I'm curious what that means. That they have to run faster from the Empire, or if it's just going to be a fast, fast episode. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find see. out. It's actually just yeah. going to be really short. It's going to be like three minutes. That's right. What if it's a fast episode? If it's just like four minutes and then dun, 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 it just plays yeah. out the credits. We're like, whoa, we were just. It's a, it's a full length episode, but it's sped up 32 times. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> like Joshua listens to podcasts? Yeah, like Joshua listens to podcasts. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, another thing that's new I'm geeking out on uh, TJ, did you see Mandalor- Mandalorian season three trailer? Have you seen that? I yet? don't watch trailers. Oh, that's right. No trailers for if somebody shows it to me, I'll watch it. But okay, okay, I, w- I won't spoil anything there. But but last night during the football game, Mando season three extended trailer, not just a teaser, had some really good moments. I think I'd be really pleased with this season. Really, really cool things in there that that are. Um, it doesn't give away too much, but it definitely teases some some ways and direction they can go in uh, with this. And and I like it that Mando is kind of the flagship. Uh, Star Wars content right now. It's not the movies. Um, it's it's this particular uh, episodic TV show um, and other things surrounding it uh, that kind of tie into that. So yeah, we're not that far off of that. March first, boom, ooh, exciting. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. So um, another what's new? What what's what's one thing you've been? What's newing? What's new? Mm-hmm. One Piece Odyssey is what's new. Mm. Now One Piece has made a lot of really really bad video games they have cranked out some shovelware they are Mm -hmm. awful a lot of them one piece odyssey might be the best jrpg i've ever played right Uh, i love it i'm loving it i'm only a few hours in because i got a lot going on but i've also got a guilty gear tournament coming up that i have to practice for so that's taking (laughs) up some time but i'm having a blast with One Piece Odyssey. It is so fun to be able to take control of the characters that you love and use the attacks that you know them for. It's so sick. Uh, The story, as far as I've seen, is also really cool. It's original. It's for the game. So if you just need more One Piece, $60, and you get to live more One Piece. (laughs) One Piece being um, 
TJ's favorite anime, uh, I would you could say, yeah. um, anime TV show and manga book that he's he's read, and and now he's playing the video game. So he's got a trifactor yeah. going on with with one. Piece. And Joshua's there you go. For the record, also Joshua's one of his okay. good opinions. One of his good opinions. Mm-hmm. But cool. definitely get it if you're a JRPG fan. If you're a One Piece fan, if you just like really flashy, you know what do they call it? Turn based battle. Mm-hmm. It's a must buy. It's also got some pretty unique systems, pretty interesting mechanics going on. I'm having a ball. Nice. Nice. Fun. Uh, Another new thing for me that I'm excited about, um, our listeners may know that I grew up at the beach. Uh, I'm I'm a lifelong surfer. In fact, I just caught some waves last week visiting my parents uh, for my dad's birthday. Got in the water. It was a little cold, but I put on a wetsuit and have a newer surfboard. I was really able to get on some good waves and it was super fun. Every time, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. And so there's times when I haven't surfed for a while. I'm like, does, does Will still got it? Does he still remember how to do this? But every time I paddle out and stand up on a surfboard, it's kind of like riding a bike. I'm like, yep, yep, it's fun. Uh, yeah, it may take me a little longer to stand up and my knees may hurt more the next day. But uh, uh, if you keep me on a good wave and a good surfboard, uh, Will still got it. And and I love it. It's my like top sport and, and hobby that I, that I just um, – Think about it constantly and love it. And so uh, what's new coming up in the end this month and at the end of June, um, the World Surf League, the WSL, think of NBA, NFL, uh, MLB uh, for surfing, uh, is starting its new season in Hawaii at the famous Bonsai Pipeline, the famous wave in the world. They kick off their, their world tour and contest competitive surfing with uh, the Pipeline uh, Masters there at um, – in Hawaii, and they're starting their new season. And and I think uh, Disney Plus kind of knew this was happening. And with the Olympics at at, at Japan um, a couple summers ago, and surfing debuting in in the Olympics there in Japan, they have this new series on Disney Plus called Chasing Waves, and it dives in. It's an eight episode TV series that goes into kind of um, the surf culture in Japan, uh, but it follows these surfers along, and along the way, they they highlight. Um, the top competitive surfers in the game at the moment. You have uh, 11-time world champion Kelly Slater. You have mm-hmm. uh, Italo Ferreira. You have uh, Carissa Moore, John John Florence. Some big names in, in competitive surfing show up in this series through the lens of like walking through uh, surfing in Japan. And then the buildup, I'm not all the way through it, but the buildup to qualifying for the Olympics and then what happened at the Olympics. And then they go into kind of like, what competitive surfing um, is all about. You know, it's like, the, it's like gymnastics or others. It's, it's a sport of opinion. So they're being judged on the waves that they catch and, and given a particular point. And then whoever has the highest points advances to the next heat all the way to the final until you crown like a champion for the contest. And, and they kind of explained that a little bit. And I, I know all these personalities in surfing pretty well. You could even show me a wave anywhere in the world. I could probably tell you where it's from or what ocean it's from just because I've seen these famous waves and watched people surf it for a long time um but but it's pretty good so if you want a like introduction to surfing and competitive surfing and what goes behind it um it's a great series to watch on on disney plus um and and um i i you know if you're very curious i mean most of the time we think of surfing you think like yeah bro a bunch of stoners hanging out not working on the beach catching waves but this goes really uh into competitive surfing and what goes behind it what these athletes go go through to try to be become pro surfers yeah, yeah, I have fond memories of playing uh, Kelly Slater's Pro Surfer on the game. Yeah, 
That's right. That's right. Great game. I had that game Great back game. in the day too. Yeah. And, and that particular game would go to different uh, waves around the world. Like I think it started off in Melbourne, Florida, where Kelly Slater grew up in the greatest surfer, the, the greatest competitive surfer, kind of the Michael Jordan of surfers, Kelly Slater is you would think Australia, Hawaii, California. No, he grew up in, in like Sebastian Inlet, Florida, you know, um, uh, an East coast guy. And yeah. end up becoming the best surfer ever. Um, so yeah, and then it goes through all the different like California and Cortez Bank and Hawaii and stuff. I I remember that game very well. Yeah. That was back when I played. Yeah. yeah, makes you proud to be an American. It does absolutely. Um, so yeah, I would check that out. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, and I'll I'll kind of post on the systematic geekology Instagram uh, story and 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 places uh, some links through the WSL. They really do. If you follow them on on social media. Uh, they they put out clips of kind of best waves of the year and what's happening with the contests and and following what's going on with that kind of the the quest to to crown a champion at the end of the year is yeah. is is a lot of fun. Yeah. Does does Kelly Slater still surf? I know he's like fifty one. 52. He, yeah, he's getting ready to turn 51 and he is still surfing competitively. He won an event last year. He's still surfing on tour. He's making us 50 year olds um, really proud. Most of like people that are in their prime are in their like mid 20s. Uh, Kelly Slater is 50 years old and still one of the best in the world. Sure, the young guns can do higher airs and, and all these big tricks. Um, uh, better than than Kelly. But when it comes to like big, big barreling waves and um, surfing the kind of technique and and competitive experience uh kelly's still one of the best and and he won the pipeline masters last year or the pi the first event that was at pipeline and and so uh he automatically gets a chance to the surf in it. he qualified for the world surf league again this year so he's at least going to surf pipeline the chance to go out and surf pipeline with just a handful of guys without it being really crowded um it's probably just um reward enough but he um yeah he's going to be in that contest and, and if he wins or loses it'd be it'd be interesting to see if he retires this year or how he goes out um when he call it when he kind of hangs it up but he'll always surf i think those big barreling yeah. contests because they're still he's still he's still the best in the water when it comes yeah. to catching big barrels you think um, you think he's got wsl number 12 in him I don't know if he can win. I don't know if he can win uh, a 12th world title. Um, what they do this now is you, you earn enough points by the end of the year to, to be in the final five and to kind of a final round robin tournament at the end of the year. So it's kind of like almost you make to the playoffs and then you have this final contest that if you win that contest, you're now the world champion. But how you do during the year, you earn enough points for your positioning there in the final. So he could probably win a couple contests, but if he could get into the final five that um, where you have the final championship series there in California in this kind of round robin tournament. I think um, if he got to the final five, I, I I don't know if he could win it. I don't know. It, it might be tough with some of the young, young guns that are out there, but, but I would, um, I, I would love to see it. I would love to yeah. see it happen. That's for yeah. sure. We'll just have to watch and see. Yeah. Yeah. He'll definitely yeah. be surfing the pipeline at, at the end of the month. I can't, I can't wait. Yeah. I'll be coming up. Cool. Um, what else, what else you got TJ? What else is new out there? The last of us TV series has premiered on HBO max and a lot of people are saying it's the best video game adaptation ever. Ooh, man. I think it's Castlevania. Netflix is Castlevania for now. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, episode one of the last was absolutely did not disappoint. It is. It's going to be good. So this is a um, episodic TV show on HBO, HBO Max. Um, it, is it all dropped at once or are they doing one episode a week? One a week. 
one a week. So they have one episode out. Mm-hmm. Episode okay. one, check it out. Don't fall behind because people okay. are going to start talking about it. <laughs> I um my my wife and I are, are are almost done with Game of Thrones all the way through, and there's a couple things we want to watch um, when we're done with Game of Thrones and um, Last of Us came up as a preview before Game of Thrones got started. And we talked about how that might be one that, that we'd hop into. So your recommendation is um, uh, valued. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. we may yeah. check that out. Yeah, what, is, what is the premise? So as you set up the, it, without too many spoilers, it's, it's episode one. It's, it was a video game made a TV show. What, what is the premise in the world um, that, that draws you in to, to the storyline? So the last of us is, based in a world where there was a mass fungal infection outbreak. Okay. The fungus is what turns people into zombies. You know, they're not technically zombies, you know, uh, yes, they are. (laughs) Uh, But we got our main character, Joel trying to live with his family. That doesn't go so well for them. And gets to the point where he has to basically adopt this little girl who is infected, but not turning. Oh, and you know, that kind of causes some, and you know, in today's society, three-letter agencies. But in The Last of Us, <laughs> they're like you got like five, six. Mm-hmm. But you've got the Fireflies and Fedra, which I can't remember what that stands for—federal something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's really good. You've got these two groups competing over basically this child's life and death with Joel Pablo Pascal trying to protect her. Mando. Yep. Mando's in this thing? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. There you go. He's not carrying around like a like a baby yoda or anything. He, but he has a kid. Sort of. though. Ellie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's the same character. All right. Um, Rogu might throw things more, actually. Yeah. Which is gonna be really funny in a couple episodes because she throws stuff a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, that that's a cool premise. I mean, we we all know kind of uh, viral outbreaks. You know, we 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 know what that that what that can do for the world, and and we imagine, you know, we we work out um, our big questions through sci-fi and and fiction and and even apocalyptic literature. We kind of face our fears, and and the, the scriptures do that as well, where they, you know, let's let's put let's set something up and then really kind of help a mirror to say what what do we truly value and and how would we respond in this kind of crisis situation. And so so uh, here's a particular another kind of apocalyptic TV show. Uh, instead of zombies, you got uh, an outbreak, uh, a fungus outbreak, and it's changing people. And then, and then you're faced with, all right, what do I value most, and, and what do I want to save, and what what is it that I want to be in this world, um, in the chaotic world? And there's facets of that in our own lives uh, that we have to face. So, so maybe this is another kind of uh, TV show, uh, another story that can help us ask those questions and, and face them for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last of us as a story has been captivating millions of people for about 10 years now, mm-hmm. unless they really mess something up. I promise you will not be disappointed with the TV show, especially not with Pascal's incredible acting. Nice. Nice. So it's a 10 year old um, video game. Yeah. Came out in 2013. Okay. 2013. So almost. Into a TV show. Almost. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah. So, so that's what's new um, with with us. I, um, 
I, again, there, there's just so much out there and I'm looking forward to, I'm liking these kind of Thursday shows <coughs> that we drop. Um, it's just my geology to hear what's due and, and our take on it. And I know um, there's other hosts that are, are watching stuff that I'm not watching that can shed light on whether I should or not. Um, so, so yeah, um, I hope everybody has fun and has a posture of gratitude and kind of think through the big questions as, as you're going through it. Um TJ, are there any other recommendations and or things out there that uh, uh, you think our listeners should know about? The Young Pope, also on HBO. Oh, yeah. The Young Pope is is crazy. My roommate's watching it in the living room right now, and I, I think he's seen <laughs> it like four or five times. Okay, but it's it's kind of scary. Yeah. Now, now, um, who who is in this one? I, I remember hearing about it. This isn't necessarily new. It's been out a while, mm-hmm. and I remember it's probably there for a while. And it, it missed my attention. I haven't been able to see it. But but who are some of the uh, familiar faces in that in that show? Do you know? I don't even know. Don't even know. When I was watching, right. I, I didn't even recognize anybody familiar. Yeah, Not like right. super familiar. I think there are a few like character actors, mm-hmm. like people who are in a lot of stuff and are really good at it, but hard to remember. Those nice. guys. I'm pretty sure there are a few of those guys in there. But it's not something I've delved into super hard. Yeah. But the way he's watching it, it's got to be worth checking out. I enjoyed the four episodes I did watch a lot. So cool. Yeah, I'll check that out too. I, I remember it being out there for a while, and and I'll I'll go uh, after this recording. I'll I'll go look it up and, and see what it's about and check it out. I my family went to go see um, the Fablemans uh, yeah. last week, and fantastic movie is going to win all the awards. It won a Golden Globe. Spielberg uh, it shares uh, on the big screen kind of what what his early childhood was like and how he got into uh, directing and film and some of the joy and the hardships and the struggles uh, being being Jewish in America and also being just a, a big fanboy of, of movies and directing and navigating relationships and, and complicated family. And, and man, it, it could have been, um, it, man, how do I put this? Like, there's not one flaw in the movie. Like it's, it's, it's so good that I can't think of anything that's wrong with it. Like uh, the soundtrack, the cinematography, how he shoots it, the family dynamics, the, the characters, um, it, it is absolutely unreal and, and it should win all the awards. That's some really funny comic relief in parts um, as, as, as a Christian and how I posture myself against other religions. It, it, it was, it was prophetic and challenged me in some ways to think through that. Um, and, and so, yeah, I can't recommend that movie enough. It's, it's a great movie and, and I hope it'll be um, one that, that people go out there and see and, and I'm sure it's going to win an Oscar. I'd be surprised if it doesn't. If it doesn't, it's because they're like, uh, Steven Spielberg has a lot of Oscars. Let's let's let somebody else win for a change." Which um, is fair. That might be. Which is fair. Which is fair. But but it's it's good. So I've heard a lot of Go good things about the Fablemans on Twitter. Yep. So yep. now that I know someone with good opinions also likes it, boom, I might should check it out. Yeah, you should. You should. And I think in go seeing it in the theater, like it's one thing to watch it on a, on a smaller screen because it's cheaper or easier, but, but see it on a big screen where movies are like that he, from his generation, you know, shot for and done. I, it, it's, it's worth going to see a matinee or, or going to see it on the big screen, checking it out before it's too late. Um, well, thanks everyone. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of what's new. Let us know what you're up to. Let us know what's new for you on our social media, on our website. Uh, we have a Patreon, uh, that we would love for you to, um, 
contribute to to help us kind of keep things going and moving and growing we are now on discord and so we have a public public channel we have uh, a patreon channel we're going to be doing conversations and watch parties and things of that nature so come be a part of the community we're expanding different ways we are live streaming on facebook um if yeah if you want to follow us on facebook we're putting some live streams out there um so that so you can kind of see us uh, do our thing our, our beautiful faces and bearded faces um i have one for now but but we'll probably go away soon um not a beautiful face but, but a beard um and um so yeah check us out we hope that you can be a part of all those things and remember that we are a chosen people a geekdom of priests This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.